Hey everyone, welcome to Midwest Mixtape, a podcast that focuses on the landscape of the music industry across the heartland of the U.S. We're sitting down with Midwest musicians from a range of backgrounds and genres to talk about their experiences pursuing their passion as a profession. We're your hosts. I'm Emily Polstoy. And I'm Natalie Novak. We're joined here today by Tom Buckmiller and Brian Schwager of the Buckmiller Schwager Band. These two ambitious musicians crossed paths in 2015 and joined forces on stage playing electric originals and authentic blues classics across the Midwest. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. If you want to both introduce yourselves, feel free. Yeah, Yeah. maybe that would be a good way to start. Sure. Tom Buckmiller, um, vocalist, guitar player for the band, the Buckmiller Schweiger Band. Awesome. My name is Brian Schweiger. I uh, play guitar in the Buckmiller Schweiger Band and... uh, yeah, let's roll. Let's have some fun. Awesome. So Sounds if you guys want to give a little background of how you started your love or passion for music and when it kind of became more of a job. Well, let's see. Um, I was thrown into it at an incredibly young age. My dad is a trumpet player, and uh, he put a trumpet in my hands. I was probably three or four years old, and... Uh, you know, I just grew up around that and, you know, him performing and playing various instruments and doing all that. So it was kind of natural for me to follow that progression and, you know, grew up with a vast, um, you know, array of music at my disposal to listen to and to, you know, grow with. And uh, it really became a profession for me. I was in college uh, playing trumpet ironically enough. And, uh, you know, I kind of fell into playing guitar by accident and, uh, it just kind of stuck. So, you know, uh, here we are today, uh, to make a really long story short, you know, Tom and I met and started a band and as they say, the rest is history. So I'm sure we'll get into some of that later, but you know, do you still play trumpet today? Occasionally I, uh, did play trumpet as did my dad on our record. Which That's was kind of awesome. cool, you know, kind of a fun full circle moment yeah. for me to have my dad come in and, you know, be able to record and do all that with him. So it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you play any other instruments? I am a frustrated drummer. <laughs> um, I dabble in a whole handful of stuff, but, you know, none of them seriously. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey. It's awesome. awesome. Uh, I was a uh, radio DJ in high school. And so, like, starting from my freshman year, so four years, so I was always kind of around music. I got to go to a lot of concerts for free. And, and um, you know, where Brian is kind of the quintessential music, uh, musician, like, classically trained, knows theory, and is a good player. I'm more of the probably entertainer, right? Okay. So that's kind of why I think it's a good mix. Yeah. Like, I don't have the skills he does, but he doesn't want to be the guy who talks right. in, in front of the stuff. So, yeah, I was a radio DJ, and I learned to play guitar uh, I was cajoled by the guy in our church in South Central South Dakota. He said, if you if you play guitar in church, I'll give you a free lesson. And then in my mind, I just wanted to play rock and roll to put it bluntly, to get girls and to get into bars to drink. Like when you're 18 in, in, in rural South Dakota. That's right. So he taught me how to play guitar. And I've just always been a, a moderate to hack guitar player. But that's why you get other guys around you that can uh, do well. So, where are you guys both from? I was born and raised right here in Des Moines. Um, yeah, born and raised here. Uh, grew up in West Des Moines, and uh, 
still here today. I'm from South Central South Dakota near the Rosebud Indian Reservation, so it's about it's about eight hours from here, Winter, South Dakota. And then, um, you know, I was a teacher in Northern Iowa, and then uh, we're at Drake, and we're stay here forever now. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, so I guess so. You said you're not classically trained, right? Co- correct. Yeah. So I feel like blues is something that is really hard to pick up. Like, what did that look like? How did you teach yourself a lot of those skills? Yeah, I think so. Like my music interest when I was 18 to 20, you know, when I was working at the radio station is like, yeah. it was all hair bands. So like sure. Def Leppard yeah. and then Remnants of the Zeppelin and Poison. So like that was the bubblegum stuff, easy to, mm-hmm. but then I got into it and then I discovered Stevie Ray Vaughan, who is an electric blues man. And that, he was kind of my gateway drug and he is for a lot of blues, modern blues players. And so really liked his stuff and Kenny Wayne Shepherd in the early 90s. And then what I started doing is like, who do those guys listen to? Like, who are they influenced? Well, they're influenced by Freddie King and Albert King sure. and John Lee Hooker and those guys. And then once I kind of went down that rabbit hole, it was hard for me to come back because it's really a specialized genre. And in, we talked about this in the, in the film. Like, there's no – nobody's playing the blues in South Dakota. It's country and western. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, there's no blues. Um, and so it was hard. It wasn't on the radios. It was hard to find um, – and it wasn't until probably a little bit later in life where I got hardcore into the blues as, as we know it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a similar thing. I grew up, uh, like, when I was in high school and music had a huge effect on me, it was bands like Blink-182 and Taking Back Sunday and New Found Glory and the whole pop-punk thing. And that's when I was learning how to play guitar. And that, to this day, I think influences how I play and what I play and stuff like that. But then, you know, going to college and being in music and, you know, everything that I was surrounded with, it, uh, you know, and the influences I had at the time, it was all bluesy. You know, like he said, you know, Tom said Stevie Ray Vaughan and B.B. King and Kenny Wayne Shepard, you know, that stuff really started to kind of click with me and it just stuck. Yeah. You know, and it turned into a thing where it's like, I would go out and play and it's like, this is what I want to sound like. You know, it's like you get that sound in your head and that's what you're trying to put out in the world when you're out playing a gig or, you know, doing whatever. Even if you're just listening, walking down the street, you're like, man, this is incredible. How are they doing this? Who were their influences? How are they where they are? And what can I do to get myself in that place? You know, yeah. so... It was kind of an interesting thing. It just it just kind of happened for me, and you know that really that's it. You know, it just right. it just happened. When you first started your gigs, were you were you only playing blues? And if you only stuck with blues, or did you start in any other genres? Well, yeah, we both played in different genres. Okay, and um, and so Brian's done a lot with country and uh, had really like good like huge crowds opened it up for some big name people brian's always kind of a hired gun because he's a talented guitar player he's sought after so he gets a lot of different gigs for other people like side gigs and i was more i started playing 80s and then uh kind of r&b soul but like rock and roll like Mm -hmm. three chord rock and roll was my thing i wanted to and then um, you know, I started about six years ago, we entered, I said, man, with his talent, I think we can win the Iowa Blues Challenge, which is an annual competition by the Central Iowa Blues uh, Society. And we, so we came in with a lot of confidence. That was probably six years ago. 
give and, or take. And we had like last, like we dead last. Like it was embarrassing. It was really it bad. It was bad. <laughs> but you know, that was kind of when we started, and that's like we want to do blues the right way. Like we yeah. want to, we don't want to hack it. We want to pay respects to the the elders who who have played the music, and so we just decided to hunker down, and so we just started playing more blues and more blues and listening more and going out and having conversations with the blues guys until nineteen or two. well. And one of my favorite lines you've ever said is, "We want to fail forward." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if we're gonna get last place, let's reassess and figure out what we need to do differently in order to, you know, keep the ball rolling. Forward, mm-hmm. you know. So, so in 2021, we entered the Iowa Blues Challenge again. We thought we'd take another stab at it, and we we won it. We got first place that year. So where's the first? And <laughs> yeah. the first? And that was, and then you get a little prize package, and you get a, a record out of the deal. And That's so awesome. the record was pretty successful. We got nominated for a Blues Blast Award. But then you represent the state of Iowa in the International Blues. So there's one winner from Iowa. It, on Beale Street in Memphis, and we did that, and um, that was a super fun time too. So, so I think yeah. after that, after we won the Iowa Blues Challenge, like, like that's that was like the turning point right. for the band, where yeah. it was like, okay, this can actually we, we can do go this. somewhere, yeah, you right. know, and we can do that's cool, cool things. Other than Memphis, did you have you guys ever been on tour together or have individually? Individually, um, yeah, I've toured the Midwest with various country bands and, you know, done that whole thing. And uh, But as for Tom and I, uh, you know, every summer we do a run to South Dakota. We, you know, we play. Back you know, to we, the roots. You yeah, know. and we've done like Wisconsin and a handful of shows here and there. Um, but touring is definitely something I think that would be cool to dive into, you know, at some point. But yeah. Yeah, and, and Brian, I think the whole, we've got a lot of chemistry because we're so opposite on a lot of things. Like, I'm probably old enough to be his dad, you know, <laughs> so you got age, you got different styles. I always think he's a Stevie Ray Vaughan, I'm the Jimmy Vaughan, which sure. is a different style. And the other thing is, Brian's a wild and crazy bachelor, single guy living the life, <laughs> and I got three kids and I drive a minivan, right? So so my idea of touring has to be like a short run of right. a four-day weekend or four or five, but you know, Brian's got opportunities out there and... I've always said, if something bigger than Buckmiller Swagger comes along, hard to believe there would be anything bigger than Buckmiller. Right, but I right. said, I tell oh. Brian, you go for it. You know, just do it, and I'll figure it out. Because but it's not every day you get to have your your name attached to a band. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Is this uh, Brian? Is this your full time gig then? No, I uh, unfortunately still have a day job. Yeah, that's okay. That's how you. That's how you that's get how, put in the door. That's huh? how you. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's it's the awesome. only way. Um. How long have you guys been playing together? Well, you know, I hired Brian when I could for a previous band. Okay. Like, he wasn't in that band. We had a guitar player. Uh, Brian was uh, better. So, like, I'd hire him when I could. And so we find ourselves on the stage at jams, or like, every once in a while. And then, but we got serious in two, September of 2021, where we merged. And because I had a solo thing going, but I just... Uh, you know, I just thought this power of like, there's just dynamics here, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stuff, and so probably I think that's where we decided after we won the Blues Challenge is let's make this official Buckle and Schweiger band, and so we'll play as a band as a four piece as our home, but then we'll add a saxophone, we'll ask, add a female singer, and then we do a lot of duo stuff, a lot mm-hmm. of coffee houses, brewer houses. Don't want a full band, so we'll yeah. just do a, a smaller version. So we get I played 85 shows last year. I know you played more than that, even yeah. So I don't even know. Uh, we get plenty of shows. <laughs> yeah. 
Can you talk a little bit about, so you mentioned like a lot of blues is played in the South. What what has your perspective been of being a blues player in the Midwest and how how is that different than being in the well, South? Well, you know, I th- even think as a white male yeah. playing, playing, this is black music and it's such a beautiful art form that came from terrible conditions. Yeah. Like he was born in the slave fields, sharecropping, right? So, you know, I, I'm pretty aware of what we're doing and what we're trying to do with respect to that. Um, we don't know those terrible struggles. We can't pretend to know. But uh, on an emotional level, everybody has the blues at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're trying to do is reinvent the blues that makes sense for us while paying attention to important parts of the genre, like chord structures, um, phrasing structures, right? But we, we've said this too, Muddy Waters is one of our favorites and we cover Muddy Waters a lot, but nobody can do a better Muddy Waters cover than Muddy Waters. So we're not going to try to do right. exactly. We're going to try to make it a little bit more modern, a little bit more. Put our own know, twist. Yeah, our own twist because, you know. you know, we're creative people too. But it's tough. I mean, I just think that as white musicians, we have to be aware of of this genre and the importance as a storytelling a vehicle it has had for people so we're, we're just very respectful of the genre absolutely yeah I don't know, you, you no i think you uh hit the nail right on the head is this something that you guys ever want to do full-time music for, for me yes absolutely yeah. i would love to be a full-time musician in whatever capacity that may be whether it's you know in the studio you know making records with people or out on the road touring and playing wherever you know but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that I would pursue as a career. Do you think being in the Midwest sometimes puts a hindrance on that or? It's, uh, it's kind of a 50-50 thing for me. I think, uh, yes, because you're not in a major music city like sure. Nashville or Austin or Los Angeles or New mm-hmm. York or, you know, but at the same time, you know, like I have friends that are based in, you know, the most random states that aren't those you know, that don't have those cities in them that are touring with, you know, artists that are playing arenas every night. And, you know, it's, so I don't think that being in the Midwest hinders you from success as it being, you know, in terms of being a full-time musician, but I do think it's more difficult because you have to work harder to reach those people that are hiring touring musicians, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a hindrance by any stretch. Um, it's just more work, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, what about you? I don't know if you. No, you know, um, we started. I'm not getting into the whole thing, but we started having kids later in life. So I've got kids. I've got a kindergartner, third grader, and a sixth grader. So I'm on That's the awesome. front end of this. So realistically, I can't go on the road. Sure. Financially, like it doesn't pay what my day job pays, and I love my career. Um, it's a, it's another passion of mine. So for probably the most I'm going to get is, you know, we don't want to oversaturate the market in Des Moines. So that's why we try to hit, you know, three at Cedar Rapids or the Quad Cities or South Dakota. We want to try to diversify so people don't get tired of hearing our show. But for me, it's probably, you know, I played 85 shows. That's, that's a good amount for me. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you bring up a topic that maybe I we're going to break kids, up now. I do because think your kids would make great roadies. Yeah, no, they'd love it. They'd love it. They'd just love it. financially for me with health insurance and retirement right. and my age. 
I couldn't. I, I mean, couldn't live you on. can't hang. No, so. well, Brian is. He snores like Brian oh, is a weed. whatever. It's bad. Like I couldn't go on a bus with you. No, he snores oh, yeah. whatever. That, that minivan would get He's lying. crowded real fast. It's all lies. <laughs> um. So, Jack. Um. Sorry. Blues yeah. is mostly improvisation, right? Do you guys have any original songs, or are they all kind of original songs? We don't like. I personally don't know a ton about blues, so I'm also, interested to see. Also, is there a ton of crossover between jazz and blues? And I'm sure that's like an obvious answer, but well, the first part of that question, we do have. Um, we have a whole. Our whole album is all original music, um, but we, in going back to paying respect to you know where the music came from and everything, it's like we follow a structure or you know, a kind of a science of how we're going to structure and build these songs. And we put our own twist on them, mm-hmm. you know, so it falls into the genre, but they're our own, you know, like in the film, Bob Pace says, you know, I can turn around and say, hey, we're going to play a 12 bar blues in E. And nine times out of 10, people are going to know what that means that are playing in the band. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, we, uh, you know, we kind of follow some of that structure and we just, you know, make it our own, like I keep saying. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to jump in and... No, in, um, like, so on the record, like, I've got a song, it's a B.B. King style ballad, which is a five or six chord progression. And it's just a beautiful love, but I wrote it for my my pre-teenage daughter is a love song and she enters into this right so it's like personal so mm-hmm. i'm singing from my heart and soul and a lot of times i break down it's hard yeah. for me not to cry but i also got a song called blues man in a minivan right that's that's but it's a 12 bar structure right so blues man in an 04 ford right yeah, yeah so it's like we're trying to write about some <laughs> stuff and it's also storytelling there's some songs on the record it's just strictly a story we made up but it is ours we don't like to pay the fees to cover the artists too, right? I mean, um, but, you know, we're creative people Mm -hmm. and um, we're putting together the next record as we speak with uh, some new songs and um, it's a fun process for us. So when you get on stage, is the song the same or is there a little bit of improv in that? That's the beauty of what we do is you can come to a show tonight and hear us play the songs, you know, say 12 songs, you can hear them tonight. And then if you come see us next week on Thursday or whatever, there'll be the same songs but totally different yeah. you know because the blues and you talk about a little bit of jazz which is a really good question i answer that in my fys class <laughs> on the blues oh but um you know with the blues it's it's heart and, it's heart and soul it's like yeah. emotions right and so some nights you feel it a little bit more and sometimes you've got a dead crowd and sometimes but it's about dynamics like you're just playing emotional then you just drop it off boom and the silence draws people in, right? Otherwise, you're changing lyrics. But yeah, we it's it's a similar. Sh- it's easy. Anybody can play twelve core or the twelve bar blues. It's a s- structure that's been around. I don't know if I could. I bet you I could <laughs> teach you three chords. You, you, can, do you can do it. But it's the way you play it. Like you gotta you gotta get your heart and soul. You gotta yeah. bleed yeah. it. Leave your blood, sweat, tears on the stage. Is what we try to do, and we try to have fun. You laugh. You yeah. go through the whole emotions, and I don't know. Yeah. It's it's very satisfying for me. Most nights. You know, some nights the crowd just is not there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, so this Friday we play um, in Ankeny at the same time as the Iowa Hawkeye women final four game. Like, no one's going to be paying. No, right. I kind of want to watch the game. That's like, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be an interesting rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. 
How many gigs do you guys usually have a month or throughout the year? As a band, it depends. Um, Spring and summer get hot now. Sure. Yeah, they're busy. We we just kind of joke. We had a rehearsal the other night, and now we're doing this media blitz tonight and tomorrow night. And then we're like, we're playing twice this weekend, Friday, Saturday. I would say in the summers, like sometimes we'll do three nights. We might reserve one weekend. Like if I got a family vacay, we'll go on that. Yeah. But Brian, Brian wants to play. Brian will play I'll play gig. three, four nights a week. Yeah, he'll play you different know, Depending. So. Do you have uh, favorite venues in Des Moines? That's a good question. There's so many. Or like, is there one that stands out to you, like, just in general? Like, even you if you at? don't, yeah. When we did the uh, the Levitt series in Earlham, that was a great venue. It was an outdoor, like, kind of amphitheater That's type cool. thing. And you know the love hate is with the Greenwood. You know that's on Ingersoll. It's pretty close to Drake. It's okay. pretty. It's it's older, right? Greenwood oh, is yeah. literally it's, one of my favorite it's, places. It's the diviest. Yeah, I, mean, it's not, I think we've heard somebody about else it. Came in and was yeah. telling us about the, the bathrooms. Yeah. Don't go. Not home. take. Don't go to the bathroom in there. It's bad. Just don't. Like, but, worse than and there's been a murder in there. Like it's supposedly. It's, I got. I got it documented. Oh, and, and there's, they don't, there's proof no, now. Yeah, no, that was an no. F- 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 I, I think we heard about a murder too, though, didn't we? Yeah, like happened. a stabbing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the guy it? was breaking it. But that's the place. <laughs> there's so much mojo in those walls. Like, you don't get paid. Well, and it's the one sounds of, terrible. It's one of those places you would not expect to go in and hear top shelf live music. But right. anytime you go into that venue, there is, you know, it's some A list. Des Moines musician mm-hmm. playing in there. I mean, it's like the Madison Square Garden of Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have yeah, to go. Be careful. Yeah. Go, go with the pairs. Like, go <laughs> <along>. Yeah, <laughs> go. Take a buddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Um, oh, I had. You a guys question. mentioned. Oh, do you mind? No, yeah, go for it. Do you, oh, so you guys said you were working on a new album. When you guys have like creative blocks, what do you? How do you get around those? Well, Tom has kind of been the primary songwriter in this band. Lyric writer. Lyric writer. And then he'll bring an idea to the table, whatever he has, and we will, uh, as a band, kind of, you know, work the kinks out. And, you know, I'm weird, and I take my time on figuring out what I'm going to play on records or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's a spur-of-the-moment thing. Sometimes it's really planned out. And, you know, it's just an interesting process for us because I'll lay it like the basic out. Yeah, and my, like my guitar playing isn't very interesting, and then Brian comes in the studio and just that's where it comes alive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a give and take. Yeah. And if he's got a riff, you know, he'll send me the riff. But as the singer, I I feel like I kind of gotta. Write yeah, some you lay lyrics. the groundwork, and yeah. then we come together as a whole and kind of spice it up. But we've never really hit a spot where we've like you know, felt like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we don't have an idea or, you know, there's never been a song that's, that's like. good. And I keep a list in my uh, iPhone 10. I don't know if you guys <laughs> are up to date on That's an upgrade from the flip phone we had a few years ago. Um, but every time I get like an idea, like I type in here. Right. So like, here's some of the new uh, ideas Ooh. that may or may not be Ooh. on there. Oh, okay. Is... A little sneak yeah, I haven't even heard. <laughs> First one is Chislick and you. You know what Chislick? Chislick is a South Dakota meat. Oh. I thought, no, and I my, have no the idea. The song is something like, I'd do wow. anything in the world to have Chislick and you. It's like, it's, so it's regional. Um, <laughs> it's regional. And do you know uh, what a jackalope is? Yes. 
Yeah. The, it's a mythical creature. Okay, yeah. The and so with, like, yeah, with, with antlers. So antlers, I got a song yeah. about, like, oh, you're. I can find you easier than I can find a jackalope or something like that. <laughs> the girl Is that, that broke my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's all like. It's interpretation, you know? And it's just fun. Like we're just Tom, fun. I will give him credit. Tom is a very creative lyricist. He, uh, if you listen to our current record, there's, you know, there's some gold on there. Yeah. It's, there's good stuff. Where do you, where do you get your inspiration? Just interesting phrases I mm-hmm. hear. Just like, you know, there's so many things like common songs. Like, you know, my kids on their way to school every day, we listen to the whatever the hit radios is like. And so that's really manufactured music. So I'm just trying to like, how can I engage an audience? Yeah. Like the song with my daughter really engages crowds because it's emotional, right? So I'm thinking, how can I storytell through a song and how can I get somebody just to pay attention for a little bit longer? And that's... Yeah. Well, and then we've got songs like Thrill of the Thrill, which mm-hmm. is my personal favorite off mm-hmm. the record. You know, it just tells a completely different story. Mm-hmm. You know, but every song tells a story. So... You know, that's, I think, a very interesting thing about playing blues music is any song you turn on, you hear about somebody's happiness, somebody's struggle, you know, or whatever's going on in their life at that moment, you know, it comes out in music. And it's raw. I think the blues is really raw. Yeah. The players who played it were out of tune. They weren't great vocalists, like trained, but it was the blues is life. If you grew up in the Delta, like they sang about life. And so that's, we try to you know, relate something to a topic, whether it's a jackalope or South Dakota chislick, right? You know, just like a metaphor, something a blues man in a minivan. So, you can say, you know, I want to, I want to fall in love with that person. You can say that. You got to find different ways to say right. that. Right? Yeah, but you got to reference a jackalope. Yeah, well, that's the key. <laughs> chislick? Chislick? Yeah, no. Yeah, chislick. What is chislick? Okay, what like what kind of meat is that? I think it's lamb. Okay, it's like. It's a lamb, and they deep fat fry it, and mainly you get it at gas stations oh, on the better, interstate. Oh, of course, so it's deep fat fried uh, chislick. I'm really glad we're incorporating this Midwest. Culture. No, this, this is, is no, great, this is cultural. Right. No, this is no, you're, you're getting education. Well, and the podcast focuses on the Midwest. Yeah. You know, I'm this glad is good. we got somebody from South Dakota. That you're our first South Dakota uh, person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like. Do you guys feel like you have a lot of musician friends, or like, is there a big community here in Des Moines of musicians? I'm pretty sure every single one of my friends is a musician. <laughs> all, all from Des Moines for the all most part. All from the Des Moines. Well, um, no, not so much. Uh, all from Des Moines, but yeah, yeah. I, there's a Des Moines has an incredible local music community. You know, any genre you want to yeah. reach into. Um, everybody's just incredibly supportive, and they. You know, there's no egos for the most part, and it's just rare. Because, like, going back to earlier, you go to Nashville, you go to Austin, you go to L.A. or New York or any major city, everybody's fighting for the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. super cutthroat, and it's just not enjoyable. Whereas Des Moines, it's like... It's the opposite. Completely. You show up on a gig, you know, and this has happened to me. You're playing literally in a band with people you've never met before on a stage that night, you know, and everybody's cool. Mm -hmm. And that's so rare. The blues in Des Moines is like, it's like a family. And so there's always an invitation. So we we might go to the Greenwood after this. Um, Legitimately, we might go to the Greenwood after this. (laughs) Yeah, class of 930. But but whoever playing, if they see us, 
like there's a good chance they'll call you up for a song. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not come sit just, in, dude. And you talk about our mentors, guys like Matt Woods, Bob Pace, Heath Allen. Like, man, they will share anything. Like they don't hold. Like if I want a gig at this one place, I'll say, "Hey, how do you get in here?" They'll give me the contact. Okay, the point is, it's a special. The blues community is special yeah. because we all want each other to succeed. Mm-hmm. And there's there's enough gigs for everyone. We don't think there is, but but there are. There are. Yeah. No gatekeeping. No No. gatekeeping. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked a lot about even how I feel like listeners in the Midwest are special too. Like people will go to, I mean, personally, I'll go to lefties on any night Mm -hmm. just to see who's there. I don't care what genre or if it's someone I don't listen to or have never heard of. I just want to listen and appreciate music. And I feel like a lot of my friends at least are kind of in that similar vein and I don't know. It's been cool to see because when I came to Drake, I had like I was not a fan of music at all. Like I really didn't listen to anything except musical theater. So, but now I'm like I love every genre, and I just think the Des Moines music scene is really cool and special. Yeah, yeah and that's actually one of, like one of the focuses, like we kind of mentioned before, like with the podcast, is in the Midwest. Like there's a certain kind of love for music, especially with um on the side of like the musicians because. Like you guys were saying, you know, not all the gigs, you're getting everybody's undivided attention and you're not always like, um, it's not always like a huge, massive amount of people. Um, You're doing it more for the love of the game. And that's kind of one of the things we wanted to highlight. Do you guys have any reaction to that? Well, you know, there are those gigs and this weekend might be two of those gigs. But I tell you what, and so, you know, but, you know, you just do it for the, to be honest, you just get the paycheck and the stage time and it's the hang. Like these guys, including Jake, like these are good dudes to hang with. Yeah. And so for a guy like me, it's my night out. I'm not, a, you know, I don't play cards. This is, this is what I do. So we'll go out, we'll have sure. a whiskey or two. But I tell you what, when you do get appreciative crowd, like a listening crowd, because when you play original music, as opposed to the covers, like. Summer '69, like the dance, like everybody goes. Mm-hmm. These, everybody wants to dance. Like that's a different crowd. But when you get a listening crowd, like we we will get, yeah, yeah. like into more. Like oh man, when you're you're playing your music, your heart and soul, and they're like they're loving it, they're dancing. Yeah. They're, like there's nothing better. And Des Moines yeah. has that. It just that sometimes is. the suburbs is where you, you know that's where the that's where the summer '69 the summer '69s are. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, not always, but yeah. What would you do? You Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask, what would you say your biggest career highlight has been? It can be individual or together. You've been with. Open it up for we all those guys. We had the opportunity uh, with a previous band I was in. We did it two different times. Uh, I got to play at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake. Wow. That's in awesome. front of two different sold-out crowds, which was absolutely insane. Um. That was cool for me just because of the history there, you know, with the Buddy Holly thing and, you know, all that. And just that room is just amazing. And to experience that was absolutely insane. And that was the site of one of the favorite pictures my dad ever took of me. (laughs) He was he was behind me while I was on stage and you can see the whole crowd. And it's it's just so cool. That's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. For me, it was in Memphis. So Beale Street in Memphis. The blues is like Nashville, the country. Like this yeah. is the birthplace. This is BB King played on up and down Beale Street. So in the International Blues Challenge, we got to play two nights and ended up being we made it all the way to the semifinals in that competition. So we got three nights 
coming on Beale Street. The history, I just remember standing in the middle of the street at two mm-hmm. in the morning when they announced we made the semifinals, thinking, you know, I started, my first gig was in a cornfield mm-hmm. in rural South Dakota, and now here we're playing the blues at the home, the cradle. So that was, yeah. it wasn't a huge crowd because, you know, it was a contest, those things. But, like, I will never, I mean, to Memphis and back. You know, yeah, like, that's like, awesome. I had it up. It was such a thing for me. So. That's so cool. What yeah. state ended up winning? Texas. The uh, solo duo was from, uh, I think he's from Arizona. Oh, Makes yeah, sense. That Eric Ramsey dude. Mm-hmm. I think he's from Arizona. He's got no idea. Yeah, Jake doesn't know. <laughs> um, I'm unsure. I should know this, but I don't know who won the band that year. Who that trio, yeah. I mean... It's they're all over. It's, it's but it's a worldwide competition. Yeah, and it was. I mean, just to be on the same stage as that kind of talent. Absolutely. I mean, it was just mind blowing. And back to the original point of fail forward. Like when we were, our set was done, we just went from venue because there's like twenty venues, and each has yeah. like seven bands. We just watch bands. Like, oh what yeah, are they doing like well, oh that's cool. What if I don't like that, right? But then we we're junkies, and then after hours, the jams, like in the pro jam, like. After two AM is when the good stuff. Yeah. So we were we spent a lot of late nights and uh there was man, a lot of uh, extracurriculars no. on that trip. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. That's awesome. If you okay, I love asking this to everyone. If you could play with any artist, dead or alive, who would you play with? Oh my god. <laughs> World's hardest question. Take your time. Yeah, take your time. Tom? <laughs> I don't know. For me it's BB King. Like he was such a gentle soul and such a warm, very seen that I never met, never met him before, right? But every time, like he just is jovial. I feel like he's like he's the godfather, grandfather of the blues. And I feel like you could play not very good, he'd still look at you like he did all <laughs> yeah. right, kid. Yeah. So BB King, who's deceased, but yeah. Yeah. I would have to say, uh, stepping out of the blues world mm-hmm. to a degree, uh, probably Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I say that because the Led Zeppelin II record and the whole lot of love riff is kind of what started my guitar journey. And since day one, that has been one of my favorite records. And he's been a huge influence as a guitarist. And I just think it would be insane to, you know, play with him. That's awesome. Yeah. So you you said you stumbled into just playing the guitar? Kind of. I mean, my dad played trumpet. He always had guitars around and sure. he kind of messed around with them. Um and I just found myself doing the same thing and then finally one day he's like, "Well, we're going to go get you a guitar." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever." So we went and got a guitar and I just continued to mess around with it, started taking lessons eventually and That's awesome. You know, went down the rabbit hole. And when you hear Brian, like this was came on that movie too, which I agree with. Brian just he's a really good player, but he's not playing. Like he sings through that instrument. Like the music comes from somewhere in that, whatever that is. But it's it's just he plays with heart and soul. Yeah, and that might be the weirdest awesome. thing you've ever said. To Probably, me, but you know, you need to hear these things. Oh. Aww. Oh, what a moment. Aww. I'm going to write a song. Thanks, Dad. I'm going to write a song. Um, kind of in that same vein, what do you guys think makes your music, your combination, your dynamic unique? Well, it's like Tom said earlier, like he's the the Jimmy Vaughn, I'm the Stevie Ray Vaughn. And I think when we come together, it's this mashup of 
musical diversity you know we both grew up listening to different stuff and to this day we listen to completely different stuff you know obviously we all center around the blues and we both love blues but i think our influences come from all different angles and Mm -hmm. i think that's what makes us work as a duo as a band and as songwriters and everything because we both bring this completely different perspective to playing music, to writing music, to recording music, to talking about music. Yeah. You know, it's like we just have such different approaches that it works, you know. Yeah, I mean, I like to dress up. I'm kind of the old school dress up with black bands, and Brian doesn't always do that. Like, and I wear my fun. Vans, my Vans hat. I'm yeah, saying. no, and that's, but I think that's, <laughs> some will relate to me, some will relate to Brian. Yeah. But I think the other thing is we we really strive for a high level of professionalism. Like if we go to see a show, I don't want to see weekend warriors, right. you know, in khaki shorts and like so we've like we try to hold ourselves to a professional show, whether we're playing at a suburb gig or wherever, like we want to be worth watching. So if you come out, we want to command your attention in some way. It's like yeah. you're interested. In something we're doing. So my cargo shorts are out for the summer. No cargo shorts. <laughs> Dang it. No shorts on the bandstand. I just bought 50, like 12 pairs. $50 fine. You come on the bandstand and you shine those shoes too. All right. <laughs> I will. You heard week. it. <laughs> what do you think your favorite thing is about music in general? Being a listener, creator? I love the emotion that it creates. You know, and across genres when listening to music, um, whether it's a melody, it's a lyric, or it's a, for me, if it's a guitar tone or yeah. whatever, it just, it triggers some emotion somewhere and it makes you feel, whether it takes you back to a memory from the past or makes you feel happy, it, you know, brings you out of being in a bad mood or, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it for me. Well, two things for me is number one, now that I have kids, like, that we can talk about music. Like it's a common thing. And we mm-hmm. have different different styles of music. And they joke around about the blues. Um, so I'll sing a blues lyric and they'll finish it. And they're like, we hate the blues. And you know they're listening to it a little bit. But uh, it still gives us a commonality. Yeah. But what I listen for when I hear music, because I'm always thinking about the show, like if I'm watching a live performance, like I'm watching for what's the key moment that the crowd like gets jacked up. Like, is it what he says or dynamics? And I like, I'm one of those leverage points that flips a crowd. So like when B.B. King in Cook County Jail says the lyric, I gave you seven children and you want to give them back. The crowd just goes wild. So like, there's a funny line like that. Yeah. Like, I'm always trying to figure out what's a high leverage strategy to get the crowd to buy in. Because once they buy into us, you know, then we just let yeah, it loose. Just, we just let it rip. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other questions? Oh, our last one. What's up? I don't know what you're going to ask. Advice for creators. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, we can, I mean, I feel like we could come up with more, too. Yeah. Um, I had one, but now I'm blanking on what it was. Um, I remember... Have you guys run into any hardships, like either individually or together, and how have you overcome those? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> in, in, um, sorry, in the scope of like pursuing no. music. 
Um, <laughs> I should specify. Wow, like, we're, tell here. Me your deepest we're deep secrets. here. No. <laughs> um, and present it in a blues. <laughs> no, I think uh, the biggest thing would be obviously whenever you're collaborating with any artist or musician, there's going to be you know, some give and take and some push and pull. And I know you not, we've butted heads on certain things, you know, here and there. But I think luckily for us, you know, because there's way bigger issues that other bands have dealt with along those lines. But, you know, we're, we try to be pretty level-headed and, you know, just talk through stuff and, you know, but we haven't really hit any big roadblocks where we're like, I'm going to quit the band or, you know, this is it, (laughs) you know, and, no, I think it's general respect. Like, yeah, because we're so different. Like, we know we need each other. Yeah, like because he has he fills gaps that I can't fill on the guitar and things like that. Yeah, so same with Tom. It it works. You know? Like, it, it may run its course, and maybe it does. But right now, it's like if we have, like, we we went to South Dakota last summer, and like the hardships we face now are just like funny stories like right. at three in the morning and the last night we're at nine hours from home oh gosh the bumper we have all our gear in a trailer the bumper falls off my car we're like we're we don't know what to do fortunately we were in a parking lot and not going 80 down the interstate right <laughs> oh my gosh. and then sometimes it's like i know i book us at some of these places and money might not be the greatest or whatever and then I know the guys in the band just went like, what are you doing? Like, well, you know, so you don't tell them. Like, but, you know, what I love about these guys is they just roll with it. Like, right. It's like that scene in the Blues Brothers when they show up at the country yeah, bar. Exactly. <laughs> well, we stayed at this motel in Winter, oh, South Dakota. And it was like, oh, oh, man, they had rotary phones. You guys probably didn't even know what rotary phones are. Oh, God. The, the lady. Yes. No, and they were green. It was like, oh. the guys are like, where, what are you what doing? Are we, like, it's the only thing available. Something for, about a blood policy. Yeah, they asked, do you know about our blood policy? I'm like, we don't. We're like, what? 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 And they asked us, would you be bringing any ladies home tonight well that's not no number one and number two none of your business but but, but those those are the things that happen that a st- stick in his brain and become yeah, songs song. <laughs> and those are just the stories you know that nobody else experiences right. like those are the cool things that we're going to look back on you know 20 years from now and be like man that was fun mm-hmm. and in the moment you're like what is going on why are we here why are we doing this but you're going to look back on that someday and be like man that was awesome right that's the fun of it i have never heard of a blood policy it's a thing go to south dakota made it out of there alive yeah basically if you get any blood on anything in the hotel room, you have to pay for it. Okay. They throw it out. They throw the it out. The entire piece. Which is from the nineteen oh. seventies, so it's vintage. It's from the seventies. Yeah, it's like that, retro. That's gonna, ju- that's gonna jack up the price. Yeah. Really. Well it's Do they like do they have a lot of murders there or something? Uh, or what? We didn't ask. <laughs> I don't know. I just we didn't <laughs> really wanna know. It's one of those things you don't sleep very well at night. Right. You're like, well, now I'm not sleeping. Yeah, you're just kind of there and enjoy it while you're there and let's move on. (laughs) That's crazy. You know, fortunately, um, you know, this summer is just, it's going to be another fun summer. We've got a lot of big shows. We're headlining and I can't announce yet because it's not released, but we've got some just nice shows where we're finally getting some money mm-hmm. that we think we deserve. So you got to grind. Like, you got to play the shows and play the weekends to get your craft tight and you know what you're doing. You can build the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's going to pay off this summer, I think, and some of these shows. And, you know, we're just in it for the long haul. And 
we'll do as long as we can, as long as it's fun. And um, yeah. Do you guys still take lessons and stuff? I have here and there. I have taken lessons. Um, I think we're both incredibly lucky to have the mentors we have. Yeah. You know, and it's like this constant cycle of whether it's a traditional lesson or not. It's just you're always learning. Yeah. You know, you go play a gig and you're going to learn something that, you know, you thought you knew, but you didn't. And you have to because there's competition out there. Oh, yeah. And you just don't want to be stale. Like, we don't want yeah. to be st- we, When you come out and hear us, if you were come out this weekend, like, and you come out four weeks from now, like, we should be better. We should be different. Because it's a show. Like, we take that seriously. And as a musician, you know, you're never going to know everything. Yeah. I think it's a constant until the day you die. It's a constant learning experience you know you're never going to know everything you're never going to be a master of everything it sounds like even when you guys are listening to other groups too you're kind of even learning then because you're just absolutely learning about things Taking you like yeah. Yeah. yeah um if people listening want to hear your guys's music where is someplace like are you guys on spotify are you guys where can people find you we've got cassette tapes <laughs> eight tracks eight tracks no. Yeah, our Local big thing. Library. I still yeah. listen to CDs. Go check it out at the yeah, library. Yeah. No, yeah, we the are semi-modern. No, we're uh, on everything. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on all the streaming services. There's a hundred of them, yeah. We on. have physical CDs, if that's your thing. Um, a what? Yeah. <laughs> it's those things you throw and then somebody <laughs> shoots it with a gun, you know? It's like... <laughs> and the documentary, I don't know if we talked about that or not. No, but... yeah. Yeah, that's going to be, it's not available yet because it's still running the circuit of film festivals. Okay. And so that's going to be, and that tells our story. I mean, that's you know the one you saying? shared with us, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's 27 minutes. And so it's, we saw the first, yeah. first rendition. Yeah, wow. No, yeah. It's, awesome. no, actually, I do remember you mentioning that now. Yeah. So that'll be released soon, mm-hmm. but we've got, you know, for proprietary reasons, we can't quite release it yet. Right. But that's, and that, I like that because it tells what we're about. You know, yeah. I'm, a, I'm an educator. Blues is my passion, our passion. So in our show, we do a little segment on this is what the Texas blues sound like. Mm-hmm. Then we do this just like a sampler platter. Like, well, here's what the West Coast blues. Here's what Chicago blues. I don't know. For us, it's like how do we engage audiences so they have a reason to listen to us instead of hoping they listen to it. Right. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. That's really cool, though. Like, I think it's inter- it's so interesting to hear about all the strategy that goes in it from each of you. Like, whether it's finding like a catchy phrase that might grab somebody's attention or telling a story that they might relate to or whatever, whatever, or like even giving them a lesson and like different sounds um, within the blues genre. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to hear, um, especially, and it makes sense, especially you being a teacher that you like to um, like teach people. I don't know. That's just really and cool. Brian's been really good for me because I'm, I'm always like, it's like course evaluations. Like, I want to get good course evaluations, <laughs> right, right? right? So, like, I want the crowd to like. And Brian's really gotten me to the point where, like, you know what? We know what we're doing. We've got a good product. This is our creative endeavor. Some people will like it, and some people won't. And we're going to play our hearts and soul out. And if they don't like it, there's other, you know, I think he's been good to push me away from, not everybody has to like Buck Miller Swagger Band, but if you do, uh, we're going to give you the best show we can, so... Are you still teaching a class about blues? It's an FYS. FYS? Yep. Mm-hmm. So last semester? I didn't last semester, because but I'm back on this fall. That's and awesome. And so the, the, we do uh, field trips to lefties. So oh, I want them to, I want them to hear the blues. And then we actually go in the studio. We cut a song. 
and then I bring guests in, and they buy, uh, have to get a ukulele instead of a course book. And so we play the 12 bar blues. That's what I'm saying. I can, I can teach you that. That's so fun. Oh. I think I remember seeing you guys play on stage, right? During Welcome Weekend? We did one we year. We did one I think time. it was our freshman there? year, yes, maybe. Yes. That was us. Yeah. And Cheslo. Yes, that we were filling in for. The vocal cords or somebody couldn't do the it. The vocal cords. I know. where we got our little bulldog heads. We, I, yes, that's crazy. That's, awesome. oh, that's cool. Okay. That was a fun crowd yeah. because everybody was there. And you probably were just I actually being nice. That. But yeah. yeah it was fun. Being, I didn't appreciate music back then. That was like the I wish I could see it now. first iteration of really, Buck Miller Schwager Band. Really, yeah. yeah. That's that's that was like. Buckmiller Schwager Band pre Buckmiller yeah. Schwager Band. Wow. This feels like a really full it's, circle. No, yeah. it, just, it just got there. <laughs> this is good. That's awesome. Um, do you guys remember your first performance you ever did? That was it. And what was Ours it? Was like? it? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Oh, Jake <laughs> oh. University. I was a freshman in high school. And the band, we opened, we were the opening act for a DJ. <laughs> oh, at the, wow. At the 4-H Center. Oh, my gosh. I think my first ever performance, I was playing trumpet, and I was probably in elementary school band or something. And that was the first, like, public performance. My first guitar performance w was in college sometime, just playing with a cover band or something. But so you didn't study like music at all in college? I did. I actually started my college career as a trumpet performance major. Oh, cool. And uh, did that for two years and then switched to music business. Cool. So. So would you be interested in like diving into the producing side of things? Um, I think so. It depends. Yeah. I, uh. I really do enjoy like music business, like music licensing, like sure. putting songs in movies and TV shows and like, you know, artist management and that kind of stuff. That was all my college life, I guess. And you got a PR mind, like you, like but, marketing, like that's your mind. You're yeah. Good at that. So, but yeah, it's uh music business is a super crazy industry, but it's yeah. fun. That's awesome. Tom, I might know your answer, but do either of you ever plan or could you ever see yourself moving to one of those bigger cities to pursue music? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm tenured here and, uh, you know, I've got some outside of music things. The good news is Des Moines is vibrant with mid-sized, small, large venues to play at and to see music. I could I could play the rest of my life playing the blues in the yeah. metro and a little bit beyond. But I'm not young and talented. <laughs> I actually like lived in Brian. Nashville for just shy of a year. And the thing I disliked about it was that, I mean, you go to the grocery store and the guy at the checkout is a better guitar player than you are. Right. You know, and I mean, it's just everybody is a musician. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. So it was so saturated that it was almost impossible to even get your foot in the door anywhere. So I ended up back here in Des Moines. And I've had way more success here, you know, just because it's a better market. The mindset's totally different, mm -hmm. in my opinion, for the better. And it just, it's it's been great. But, like, I've been down to Austin and places like that. And, like, I don't know. I guess I don't know what the future holds. Right now I'm fully content being in Des Moines. But you never know. So. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Um, I just want to say I think it's really cool. I really, I always enjoy hearing people that still pursue music, even if it's not their main gig. Um, I started playing piano was at, when I was in kindergarten. I played saxophone for a while. I'm a singer. I sing in the choir here. Um, and as I'm about to graduate, like, it kind of makes me sad thinking, like, okay, I might not ever have another concert again. Like, I might never sit, like, I don't, I don't know how big music will be in my life moving forward, but I really love to see and hear stories of people um, be pursuing it and, and incorporating it into their lives in a way that works for them. And Well, I, you know, when I was your age, I played, but I quit because I was a, my first job, uh, I was a Catholic school principal. Oh, wow. And so some of the parents didn't like their principal playing in a rock and roll band. So I'm like, ah, yeah, maybe I should give this thing up. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm getting old. My days are numbered. Like, I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I, it's my passion, right? So, like, so I brought it back. So, yeah. like, I would say don't quit. Yeah. Like, that's the first one. I don't think, I, yeah, I think, I, like, I'll always play music, yeah. but I just don't know, like, what how what role it will find in my life. So it's cool to hear. And, you know, we've each played with 100 musicians or our career. What's so satisfying about this project, and Jake included, Eric, our bass player, like these, the guys in our posse, is that a word? I don't Do know. We have a posse. posse. But, you know, it's like, it's just it's to make music with our friends. Yeah. You know, I've played a lot of bands with guys, like a tolerator, they got egos. This, getting a band with your buddies who can laugh, have inside jokes that are stupid, like, you're just going to... Stay out of trouble. Like it's it's just a good time. Wow. Well. <laughs> For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> um I had one and then I lost it. Shoot, what was I gonna ask? I always do this. It's hard. There's a lot going on. You guys are really good questions. I know. Like, like, these are things we haven't thought about. Thank you. This is this is our it's fourth intense. one, so oh, we're, nice. we're pros by now. I do nice. remember what I was going to ask. So, what do you do? You play an instrument? No. Okay. No, he's I part don't. of the posse. Yeah, I just hang out. Okay. Well, no, he's <laughs> he's really good at sound and lights. That's oh, true. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, Jake comes on the road with us occasionally, and he runs sound for us. He helps us haul gear. He runs lights. He he knows the stage, so he's like our right hand man generally. Awesome. He's a good. He's a good dude. If you want a guy. To be in your group, he's the guy. I wish he played music to give on stage. I know. Tom keeps trying to make me uh, play drums, but I don't know. Get him a tambourine or something. Get him a tambourine. Do you guys have a favorite song to perform together? My personal favorite is Thrill of Thrill to oh, play yeah, on stage. I just, I think that one, for me, I don't know if you like yeah, yours is. No, that's a good song. I have, I have to, to play together, one. that's a tough one. Or individually, too. Yeah. Either. Whatever one you have, you can come up with an answer for. <laughs> I just like all, I mean, we, I like all the music we play, and yeah. I don't know, I, probably a different night, different stories, but oh, yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. It's a hard question, too. All right. I think I am actually out of questions. All right. <laughs> <officially>. <laughs> Emily, do you want to ask them your... Try to oh no! Now it's like now it's like no no. Here we go. It's a Grab simple it's juice. a simple question, but for anyone out there trying to just chase their passion, even if it's not music, do you have any advice for them? Whether they're our age or your age, I would say at any age, follow your dream, 
pick up an instrument regardless of what it is and listen to everything you can play everything you can just you know don't give it up you know and when somebody says oh you need to stop playing that for whatever reason just don't you know just give it your all live it up enjoy it live it up i i think it's similar it's like persistence like if you want to play good gigs and get money you deserve you got to stick with it and you kind of got to force your hand sometimes. And our Eric's, and it's work. Eric's, it's, yes. No, but like nobody's going to rarely. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Correct. I mean, you got to earn it. I saw on Facebook a band said, hey, we're now booking festivals for this summer. Like the festivals don't call you. There's no festival You send that's them emails. Like I would say whether you're good, not good, confident, not confident, it doesn't matter. Like just be persistent. Just keep at it. You'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good awesome. Advice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. To Thank all of you. you. Yeah, I know you, you guys. Too, great. great talking with yeah. you guys. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, and I would good. love to come to this, well, this week and we'll be out of town. Yes, we're going, so we're interviewing a band in Chicago this nice. weekend. But, yeah. um, when is the next time you guys So we're playing literally a block weekend? away Thursday, April okay. 8th. Okay. 6th. April 6th. 6th. Okay. Jeez, Where? XBK. XBK. Oh XBK. My that's my favorite venue. So that's sponsored by Iowa Public Radio. Okay. So it's um Did wait. you send me the yes. flyer? Yep. That's right. Okay. So they're gonna it's gonna be broadcast live and then they stop and interview questions. The questions probably won't be as good. But no. that was a good prep for that. That was a good warm-up. Yeah. There you go. And Drake students receive a disc. We're working on a discount for okay. Drake students. It's that's a ticketed awesome. event, but okay. it's gonna be fun. And let it rip. That's our moment. You get to hear That's all awesome. the mistakes live in person. Yeah. It's going to be great. When's the next time you guys are playing at the Greenwood? You know? The 20th. If we want to check it out. 6th or 28th? Of April. April. Oh, that's. That's next month, Tom. Next Wednesday? <laughs> oh, that's. Uh... Uh, one, well, today's the 29th, 29th of March, and it's the 29th of April. Look at that. 29th Isn't that... or 20... oh. 29th? 29th, Tom? Yes. Yeah, 29th of April at the right. Greenwood. Greenwood. Well, we're, we're going to try our best Oh, that's relays? Oh, shoot. Like, I don't know how much I can promise you that, but we'll be there in spirit. We'll be at the Peggy Center. Understand. Understandable. No, we can, we can go there first. Pre-game? Pre-game. A pre-game to the pre-game. Pre-game at the yeah. Greenwood, and then pre-game. I feel like Drake Relays is a big enough thing. You guys do your thing. All right. So why didn't you guys try to get... To be like a relays artist, yeah, Tom. Tim Pilcher, come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's Tim. Like he deserves. Like, because somebody in my class and I said, we heard a Drake professor's opening up the relays. We thought it was you. Like, oh, that would have been nice. One, I didn't know you could apply for that's I that didn't persistence either, thing. until I saw Tim Pilcher's yeah. name. And so now that I know, like, I'm gonna Next give a Tim and say, how you get that gig? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, cool. Good stuff. You're right. awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you.